Let us make this clear. God does not cause hardship, but he doesn't always prevent it. Another way to say that is that he allows it sometimes. How do we process that? And what does that teach us about how we're supposed to respond to our hardships? Hi everybody, we're Joseph and Monica Walter and this is Loving Theology. We're in a series on how to overcome adversity and we're really talking about how can we be more than conquerors in the midst of our hardships that we face. In the first post of this series, we talked about um, how does God work good for us in the midst of suffering? How does God work all things for good? We, we know that we have that promise in scripture, but our experience doesn't often tell us that that's true. And so how do we work through that and how do we reconcile those things? We talked about that in the first post. In the second, we talked about what keeps us from overcoming adversity. And we really identified three traps from scripture, the trap of bitterness, weariness, and apathy that keep us from overcoming adversity. We even talked in there about um, how exactly do we um, avoid those traps and how should we properly respond to adversity. I'll put a link for the rest of that series um, at the end of the video in case you missed any of those and, uh, and wanna catch up. In this particular video, we wanted to do a discussion between both of us on how to overcome adversity. If you like this style video, we have more, but we wanted to do a link above onto one in particular that would be really helpful for you on how to forgive others when we do face hardships. How do we process that? How do we process that God allows hardship in our life? Well, one way we can is through anger, bitterness, and offense, and that's totally understandable. I've gone through many things, and so has Joseph, where we have just felt immediate anger, bitterness, or offense, and sometimes even towards God, and he can handle all that. That's not a big problem. You know, he can walk through those things with us, yeah. but how does going about it that way affect us? Yeah, I think that's sort of the crux of the issue is um, God's not irritated with us or impatient with us whenever we do struggle with adversity or struggle with the fact that he allowed it. And, and we have mm -hmm. those conversations of God, how, why would you do this? Why would you allow this? God isn't bothered by those things. Yeah. Uh, and he's there to walk through that with us because he understands that's part of it. Um, but whenever we, whenever we stay stuck there, um, like I said, it's fine if we're working through that process, but whenever we stay stuck there, how does that affect us? And how does that affect our view of suffering? And how does it affect our experience of suffering? Because I think it does. Mm -hmm. Throughout this series, we've seen that one of the ways that God does work good for us in the midst of hardship is that he instructs us in the midst of it, that he mm -hmm. teaches us, that he helps us to avoid um, these traps like the trap of bitterness. Mm -hmm. um, and whenever we are choose to stay stuck in this place of being bitter with God, and we don't choose to try to work through that with him, but we rather just stay where we're at, then I think that it prevents us from being able to receive his instruction in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. It prevents us from really looking for what does God have for me here? Mm -hmm. What can I learn from this experience? God, mm -hmm. you're good. What, what are you trying to show me here? Mm -hmm. And whenever we, do, whenever we, we don't engage with God in that way, mm -hmm. then I think that that's what prevents God from being able to give us the good that he has for us. In other words, it prevents us from being able to receive the good that God has for us in the midst of suffering. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really is the, the challenge or the way that it affects us. Yeah, I think that sometimes it can even look like as small as us just being stretched in an area of being able to handle hardship. You know, sometimes we just need to learn patience and not being angry or not being quick to be bitter or offended at somebody 
Um, I know I've, I've had to learn that is not to be quick to be offended. And I think that that's a good point is that if we don't look at our hardship um, from the right perspective, we can go about it and not learn anything about it and just continue in the way that we have been. Yeah. So, you know, that, that sort of begs the question that there is a benefit then to working through the hardship, working through the offense with God, that to the extent that you find yourself basically sort of dissatisfied that God didn't prevent hardship in your life. So like we said, that's, that's normal, it's acceptable, it's, it's totally fine if that's where you're at. But there is a motivation for wanting to work through that. So how do we work through that offense with God? Monica, how have you worked through that offense with God? Well, it, I've definitely had to take my time because there's some things I've gone through where the anger and bitterness was so heavy and just apparent that it was a lot of conversations with God. We talk about that a lot is sitting with God and talking to him, not your friends or even your husband or whoever, um, but talking with him and actually facing this is bothering me and this specifically hurt me and, and asking him, where were you? I mean, some situations can be trauma from your past. They could be tragedies. And I really wondered like, where was God? And I, I think it's totally okay to going to him and asking him and then him answering that for me. And we've answered a lot of those questions in this series. Um, or in our series, His Love and Suffering. Mm -hmm. And those really helped um, for me is hearing that from God himself. And it's, you know, in his word and in my time of prayer where he has answered um, to bring some relief and peace to me. Yeah. Yeah, we'll put a link actually for that series up above that talks through each of the questions that we talk about there in terms of where was God, what was he doing um, in the midst of our suffering and why we suffer, those types of questions. Um, that hopefully will be helpful to you if you haven't seen that series. But I think you're right. I think it comes back to a conversation with him and, and really just kind of working through God, being honest, God, I'm, I'm sort of upset about this. I'm offended. I'm offended that you didn't do this this way. Why would you do it that way? And, and just really having an honest conversation with him. And I think that that helps to work through that offense, which like we said, if, if you choose to stay there, it can have a damaging effect on you. And, and that's why we sort of desire to work through that. So as we work through that bitterness, though, and, and we work through the offense, um, and we're talking with God about where um, he's at, there's this pattern, I think, that's outlined in Scripture. In the Psalms, over and over again, it teaches us this pattern where David is expressing those same frustrations. God, where were you? God, why do you not hear me? Why are you not answering me? And as you read through each of those Psalms, whenever he starts with that conflict, almost always the resolution to that Psalm at the end, he says, but you are good, but I will trust in you. Mm -hmm. What that means is that as he's working through it, he expresses honestly where he's at, like we just said, but then he works towards reverence. He works towards recognizing the good that God has, the good that God is. And I think that whenever we allow that, it changes the way that we process the fact that God allowed suffering. Mm -hmm. Whenever we focus on reverence and focus on the goodness of who God is, then what that means is whenever we say, okay, God allowed suffering, but through the lens of reverence, that means that God has something good for us in it. That yeah. our suffering isn't just harmful, but it's actually going to produce something good for us. Mm -hmm. And that really, I think, changes our perspective. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Because that reverence, once we're in that place, it enables us to have a hope and peace in the midst of the adversity. I know that in my past, I've gone through traumatic things. And once 
I processed through that and I then remembered like, God, I can trust you and you want good things for me and you are as much all-knowing and um, powerful and everything. Like he, he's in control. He is sovereign over the situation and he has a hope for me in the future. We know that we can hope eternally in Jesus Christ and we've talked about that in other posts, but you know, we also can have a peace that we can just rest and we don't have to try and hold that unforgiveness because you know, we wanna control the situation. We can give it to God and we can say, okay, you, I'll give this to you and I can just move on with my life and I don't have to try and uh, do something about what happened to me or you know this little situation or this tragic situation. And um, that all does not mean that we can't feel sad. Even though we don't yeah. want the pathway of bitterness and anger and offense, it doesn't mean that with reverence and we can have this hope and we have this peace that we can't feel sad right or have those days that are devastating and are difficult or something else creeps up that we have to face, um, you know, that is under, that's okay. And those are good things. And those are conversations that God is eagerly wanting to talk with us about because he cares so much about us and he loves us. And he wants to make sure that we understand what ha happened, but that we can trust in him and we can trust in his goodness and what he has coming. Yeah. So basically what I want you to almost imagine is whenever you're looking at the fact that God allows hardship, then um, depending on which lens you wear, if you wear that lens of bitterness, then it, it doesn't produce something beneficial or helpful for us whenever we look through the lens of bitterness or anger or offense at our hardship. But if we take off that lens and we put on the lens of reverence, Mm -hmm. then we can view the exact same set of facts with a totally different perspective mm -hmm. that is productive and helpful. As a matter of fact, we saw in our first post of the series that that's exactly how God works good for us in the midst mm -hmm. of our suffering is by instructing us in the midst of it. And in the way that we receive that instruction is by viewing it through this lens of God, what do you have for me in it? And mm -hmm. trusting him in that process. So the good that God wants to work for us is contingent on us having that lens of reverence. Mm -hmm. So we've seen the benefit then that the reverence can produce. How do we actually do that? How do we, because it, it can be tough. Like we said, the natural response is sometimes is to be offended. So how do we instill reverence in ourselves? Mm -hmm. And I think there actually is a way to do that. And the pattern that's outlined in scripture, I think is the pattern that I was talking about in Psalms where yes, we express you know, the frustration, we express the anxiety, we express the anger, mm -hmm. but then we work towards extolling the goodness of God. It, we work towards recognizing, God, you are good. I will trust in you. And basically what I'm talking about is worship. Mm -hmm. And the way that I worship is not through some creative uh, means. I don't sing, I don't dance, I'm not, I'm not gifted in that way. But the way that I worship is I think about a verse in the Bible that describes the character of God. God, all your ways are perfect. And I think, wow, perfect. Everything that you do is perfect. Mm -hmm. And I just go, wow, like, God, you really are good. And I just, I meditate on that basically. And then, you know, all your work is justice. Wow. Everything that you do is justice. Mm -hmm. And it's just, those are the things that remind me you are good and sort of instill that hope and that trust and that faith in me. And that's what I think of partially as my worship is, you know, just 
thinking about the goodness and the nature of God. Monica, how do, how do you worship? How do you instill that reverence in yourself whenever you're struggling, which is so easy to do? Yeah, well, first I wanted to say that you do have a creative way of the way you think about God. And so as you're reading, I've, you know, I know you'll go on your walks and pray or um, just be reading your Bible and then you'll come and you'll share with me something you've been meditating on and think of a very creative way um, that you have thought of him and understood him and then you share that with me. But um, the way I do it, as I've shared before, is I dance because I definitely do not sing, which... Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have heard me sing. But um, yeah, I, I like to dance and I do it, sometimes I show, like you had mentioned earlier, that you don't, there's not a requirement to not have anger or bitterness or anything before you go to God. It's He can work through those yeah, things with you. And sometimes I'm dancing and I'm mad and I'm frustrated and I'm offended, but then I come to this place where I do my dance and there's a complete shift of reverence to Him and knowing like I can trust you and I can um, you know, just lean back and, and rest and you know, okay God, like you, you're gonna take care of this. And I yeah. think that for me through dance and, and some others, it's, you know, singing um, that can hold a tune or find the tune, <laughs> the note, the proper note. <laughs> you, you hit all the notes, they're just not in the right order. It's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think the key is you can be on that railroad, you, you can be on that roller coaster of experiencing the bitterness and the frustration. Yeah. The key is don't get off at the bottom. Stay on the roller coaster and work through it and talk with God about it and work through it in recognizing his goodness. Like, God, you are good in the midst of this. Somehow I know that you're good. Help me to see it. Help me to see where you are. And working through that so that you can come out on the other side with that reverence because, again, the benefit that that lens of reverence has, not because mm -hmm. it's the only option here, not because it's the only thing that's acceptable here, but because of the, the good that it produces in you. Yeah, I think if we skip like I said, it's not a requirement, but if we skip that bitterness and the anger and the offense and we just have a, a reaction of just going to that reverence for God, I mean, it brings so much more good for us and quick healing so that we can just move on and we can see uh, what else God has going on for us rather than being, you know, focused on what has happened in our past. So we've actually got a question for you. Um, what ways do you uh, worship God? I, you know, we talked about the different ways that we do. One is a bit more creative and, and sort of typical. Mine's, uh, I guess, uh, thinking, if that counts. Um, but how do you worship God? How do you remind yourself of the goodness of God is, is basically what I'm asking. Yeah, and I'm really excited um, because we are talking about dance that I do want to put a link above for a dance I've done previously on how to talk with God. So you can check that out. But also next week I'm doing another dance and I'm really excited because it's Christmas themed. And um, so yeah, definitely check that out and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss it. So I think in all of this, what, I'm, what we're wanting to paint the picture of is engaging with God in the midst of our adversity. That whether it's the struggle, that we're struggling with that bitterness or weariness or apathy, that we, we engage with God in the middle. We talk about the fact that God, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. Those are the questions on my mind. How would you answer those, God? How do, I, how do I overcome this? How do I deal with those problems? And then 
also working towards um, that, that attitude of reverence, that perspective of God has something good for me in the midst of this. Mm-hmm. And then I think that motivates us to look for that good and engage with God through the scriptures and through talking with him about what good do you have for me here? God, I, I want to learn what I need to learn here because I want to stop <laughs> experiencing this suffering. Uh, of course, you know, the reality of that is that sometimes the lesson that God wants to teach me is the patience that I am very clearly not exhibiting in that moment. <laughs> so God, what do you want me to learn here? God, teach me what you have for me. I know you have something good for me here. I want to learn what that is. Um, and I think that engaging with God in that way helps to produce good out of adversity. Um, and we talked about how God works all things for our good earlier in this series. And there's a verse a little bit later in that same chapter in Romans 8 that I wanted to read. He says, in all of these things, and that these things he's talking about is suffering. He talks about nakedness, famine, persecution, the sword. In all of these things, in all of this suffering, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I think that's the key, is that we come out, whenever we take this approach of reverence, whenever we take this approach of looking for what God has for us in it, we come out on the other side of the adversity better than we went into it. We don't just overcome the adversity, we are more than conquerors in it. As I mentioned earlier, you're really gonna like the Christmas message I have for you next week and I'm dancing in it again. So don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss that or any of our videos that we post each week. As well, we're going to link this whole entire series so that you can watch that. And um, just because we've talked a lot about going to God and talking to him, and as much as I feel like we say we talk with God, sometimes maybe no one is like me, but you sit there in your quiet time and you just sit there mulling over it in your own head, but you didn't really have a conversation with God. And that involves us talking, asking questions, but listening and hearing from God. Um, We have a whole series on how to talk with God, and we're gonna link that as well. And that's gonna answer questions on like, what does that look like, how to actually do it, practical applications and all of that. So definitely go check that one out as well. Yeah, thank you again for joining us today.